Back to the crossover podcast, a show you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and it is sports time as we are talking week three in the National Football League. Uh, joining me to talk football, as always, Craig Needles. How the heck are you, Craig? Have a good week. How are you? Ah, pretty good week so far myself. Uh, and uh, rounding out our trifecta, Bill Needles. How the heck are you, Bill? All is good, my friend. All is good. All right. Well, I got to disagree with you. All is good. I think we've been doing this pod for five years, gentlemen. And yeah. I think this is the first time we've gone into week two with all three of our respective teams uh, winless. Is it not? And I don't know if you guys have heard, but all the best players on my favorite team are injured. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, as a Lions fan, you're not getting too much sympathy from me. <laughs> I'm just, it's, it's all bad. <laughs> like, it's, it's all terrible. Um, yeah, geez, it's going to be that. It's the Lions and the Jets, I think. It, it, and all three are underdogs? Uh, I think so, yeah. Including a uh, couple of... Uh, well, I like your team. I like your teams in, in a better spot than mine. I might have something to say about my team, but uh, that's something we can get to uh, when, when we get to discussing each individual game. So let's do that. Um, let's head in to the Thursday night game. Um... On paper, not as sexy as you would think, but I think that this has potential to be a lot of fun. Hopefully, it's not one of these stinkers. Normally, we, we uh, export this one to London uh, in a regular non-COVID type of year, but uh, unfortunately, that's not the world we currently live in, so uh, we got to sit here and watch this game in prime time on Thursday night. Uh, Fitzpatrick and the Miami Dolphins head to the Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Uh, Jaguars getting three at home. They're billing this one as the mustache versus the beard. I just feel like we can do a little better than that, but whatever. Um, gentlemen, would you care to guess how many times Gardner Menchu has been favored in his short career? I guess maybe one. I will say I will say zero. Zero? Uh, including this game, Gardner Menchu has been favored a shocking four times. In, in really? Four. Yes. Yep. He was. Oh, uh, they played Cincinnati last year. Yeah, they would have been a favorite. They game, had Cincinnati but, yeah. at home. That was one of them. They had the Jets at home last year. That was one of them. And this is the shocker. This would be the one in the trivia question that you probably would not get. They were favored by one point at home last year against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, if you remember, that was the first game started by Teddy Bridgewater after Drew Brees separated his shoulder and missed uh, missed a few games last year. So. Gardner mentioned this is the fourth time in his uh, NFL career that he has been favored. Uh, he's getting the three-point home bump. Um, Gambling-wise, it's a little bit interesting. How do you feel on this one, Craig? Jags getting three. I'll take the home team on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. I think That's, so, too. Just... I mean, normally you'd get the Florida uh, thing, too, but that doesn't work when you're playing an also Florida team. So, yeah. like, I don't think uh, – at least I don't think it does anyway. Um might, yeah, you might just stick to the axiom here and just take the, the, the home team getting the three-point bump at home. And, and quite frankly, Gardner menchu has been fun to watch this year. I mean, like, if you had the Titans last week, which I believe I highly recommended the Titans, Gardner Menchu like, uh, tore your heart out there with a couple of backdoor covers. And, um, you know. Uh, They've looked good. The yeah. games they played. 
Yeah, I, I'm very worried about my Jacksonville under uh, for the entire season bet. I'll say that. Um, well, what, see what this. I think that I think that when the Jags deliberately tanked and not realizing that Gardner Minshew uh, was too good to tank, mm-hmm. like that's that's pretty funny because yeah. they wanted Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew was too good for them to get Trevor Lawrence, which is funny. Uh, Dolphins getting three on the road. What do you think, Bill? Yeah, I think you got to go Jags here. One, because they're at home on a Thursday. Two, because they've shown at least briefly that they can play some football. I mean, Miami hasn't looked as horrible as you'd think, but uh, I, I still think the Jaguars have proven themselves a little bit more in the first couple weeks of the season here. Jacksonville 12th in DVOA, Miami 31st. Uh, the only team worse uh, DVOA through two weeks, Philadelphia Eagles, who are injury-riddled like you wouldn't believe. Can't believe the Eagles are dead last. I bet on them last week. How, how embarrassing for me. Well, remember, well, we'll talk about that, we'll talk about that when we get to the Eagles, but mm-hmm. I've got... Uh, Things to say about that team. Yeah. Um, let's head to Sunday. The 1 o'clock games. How many? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. And then, see, a much better. Five, like eight 1 o'clock games, five 4 o'clock games. Much better. Much better NFL than yeah. last week when it was like 10 and 3 or whatever the crap it was. Uh, 8 and 5, much better spread. Uh, first up, the Chicago Bears. The 2-0 and o Chicago Bears go up against, oh, my God. The Atlanta Falcons, you guys. The Atlanta Falcons getting three and a half. Three and a half at home. The Atlanta Falcons. This is ridiculous. Uh, Duh, Bears. You're betting on the Bears if you're taking this game. Um, The Bears, I think, just missed my top five. I think I had them... I think if, if something happens, they would be my, my fifth pick or my sixth pick. But unfortunately, I'm only allowed to pick five uh, in this current format that we use. So I, I have the Bears as a fringe. I can't I can't imagine wanting to take this Falcons team other than uh, like the only knock I could say is, is Mitch Trubisky on the road. But I, I don't think that matters against this Falcons team that can't get stops against anybody. So I don't think that's going to hurt uh, Mitch Trubisky. Um, and if you're like an Allen Robinson fantasy owner or something look for him to make a breakout this is going to be his big breakout week i think my god um what do you think on this one billy sorry greg go ahead i was just gonna say if the atlanta falcons knew to jump on a very slowly moving onside kick Mm -hmm. would this line not be four and a half or five uh possibly or i don't know if they had just if they had not gacked that game in dallas it is a different line. I think it probably yeah. is. And it's weird. It's like Julio Jones dropped a, a touchdown that would have put the game completely out of reach. That doesn't normally happen. And then, yeah, the, the I don't know what was going on with the – the onside kick was just – like that's the stuff of legends. Like the, 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 the people who have played this game their entire lives don't know they're allowed to touch the ball as they watch it slowly get to the 10-yard line and then don't jump on it. It was just my – Wow, I could not believe that. I th- uh, I think it was another one of those scenarios, much like the Super Bowl against the Patriots, where I think they were like ninety nine point eight percent to win the game at, at with like two minutes left or some garbage. It was it was it was higher it was higher than that earlier in the game uh, when wow. they were up by a couple of scores. It was yeah. uh, it was ugly. Well, that was the thing that was weird because the Falcons got up by um, twenty pretty much right away. Like they were up 20 and you're thinking to yourself, man, this game's over. And you look up how much time is left in the first quarter, 12 minutes, right? Like, <laughs> right? Like, okay. I guess Dallas, you just take it down and score. Now you're not out of this game, right? Like, like they, they got up so fast in, in that game that it was just like, wow. Like, I mean, yeah, Dallas could come back, but you know, halfway through that fourth quarter, that, that, that game should have been over. And there, there was another debate between the, the analytics guys and whatnot about the two point conversions in this one. Cause the Falcons, for some reason, sorry, was that correct? Absolutely. 
right decision to go for two in that spot. At when they were up twenty six. Oh no 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 no! Sorry, when they, uh, I thought we were talking about Dallas. Never mind. Uh, yeah, that that one, whatever. I, oh no no I, yeah, that that was it. No, but early in the game, like when they scored the touchdown to go up uh, twenty six to seven, they decided to go. And again, this is still in the first quarter, I think. And they decided, they decided. to go for two instead of the field goal, and that. The math doesn't bear out there because it's so early in the game. It doesn't make sense to try to get up three touchdowns because who the hell knows what's going to happen in the next three quarters. Yeah. And I, will, I would say this. I'm yeah. a proponent for going for two almost every single time. Yeah, that was one of the ones where it was unnecessary, though, in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. No one can stop anyone. Yeah. yeah. All I'm saying is that I think over the long haul, you will score more points if you go for two every time. Yeah, like, for, for instance, if we want to bring up the two-point the, the two debate, uh well god what was the other game where it, where it had the uh the there was the there was the two-point debate oh it was the, it was dallas it was later on in that game yeah. was it yeah it was, it was later like, on yeah. sorry that was the one you were alluding to yeah that was the right spot to to mathematically do it when they were when when to when unfortunately they didn't get within seven or whatever they were within nine or like but that was this spot they just didn't get it and Unfortunately, it happened. The Falcons earlier in the game when they went for two, that was that was bizarre. I didn't get that. And then, of course, they end up losing by one effing point. Uh, <laughs> my God, football. Uh, Atlanta Falcons minus three and a half against the Bears. Bill, where are you on this one? Yeah, Atlanta's defense was obviously horrible, um, and it probably will continue to be. But the offense looked okay. Scoring 39 on Dallas is not no easy feat. Um, I think I like Chicago here because of the points, but I could easily see Atlanta winning this game if their offense is firing on all cylinders. Mm. Yeah, I mean, their offense has been great. Calvin Ridley's got, what, four touchdowns or something on the year so far? Might be a little bit He's weird because pretty- uh, Julio Jones, I think, didn't practice this morning as of us recording this with a little bit of a hammy. Now, obviously, we'll have to wait till Friday, Saturday to hear if that's serious or if they're just getting getting him some <laughs> veteran-style rest and being like, yeah, we know Julio Jones will be ready on Sunday. Right? Like we, we don't need him to be practicing on Wednesday with a bad hammy. So uh, we'll you know keep an eye on that going forward if you're planning on betting on this game. I think the Bears are the spot. What do you think, uh, Craig? Uh, this is a stay away from me, but if I'm betting, I'm betting the Bears. Okay. Uh, next up, wow, very interesting game. The Los Angeles Rams are heading to Buffalo to take on the Bills. The Bills, the short home favorite, getting two and a half uh, in Buffalo. Um, these teams are Ra- Raiders are sorry Rams are I saw L A R and I, I mixed myself up there. Uh, the uh, Los Angeles Rams are fifth. The Buffalo Bills sixth in DVOA. Now the Bills haven't really played anybody. They beat the uh, the Jets and the Dolphins, who are who are uh, unsurprisingly very low in their DVOA rankings, and, and quite frankly, don't really look good. Um, this is a tough one for me because I I was against the Rams last week and that uh, bit me in the ass. Although like the there there were some mitigating circumstances in the Eagle in the Eagles game, the red zone pick by Carson Wentz obviously flipped that game around after they made the comeback. Um, Bills, are we ready to trust the Bills as a short home favorite against the Rams, who by all uh, accounts look like a really good team? Both both these teams two and zero going into this week. What do you think? Where where are you on this one, Craig? Uh, I am going to say that I I I want the Rams. Okay. I I, I know I, I I like the Bills are, are better on paper, but I just I, I just have a feeling about this Rams team, and they they look good. They they really took it to the Eagles on Sunday, and I know the Eagles aren't very good right now, and maybe they're not good at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I want the Rams in this game. I just I just think they're better. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, have the, I might have this one as a stay away for me. I'm not sure what I, cause, cause I can see both sides of it. If I had to choose, I think I just go with the axiom of the short home favorite on this one and just take the Bills. But I, I, I could see this one going either way, and I think there's better spots out there. So this, this game might be a stay away, despite I think getting points with the the Rams right now is is incredibly tempting. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Bill? I love the Rams in this one. I, I think the Rams are a better team. I, I think Buffalo has has looked okay, but they'll fall apart. And I think the Rams will be a little more reliable this year. I, I'm taking the Rams all day here. What my question about the Bills would be what their um, what what their injury report looks like a little bit closer to kickoff mm-hmm. because they had some guys that are some pretty important players, some on defense that missed the previous game. And you look at Edmonds, uh, obviously he's. Uh, He's a pretty big deal. So I think that uh, if they can find a way to, to have those guys in the lineup, I'm not sure what their situation is going to be, but that's going to be a really big uh, a really big uh, question mark for them. Milano as well also didn't play against Miami. So he's a situation that uh, he, he was limited at practice this week. Um, as for Edmonds, limited. So if they can get back in there, they're in a better spot. But that's something that would worry me if I were betting Buffalo in this game is the health of those two linebackers. Because against the Rams, that matters. Big time. I have this one as the marquee matchup of week one, though, don't you? Oh, it's, yes. Or of the, four, uh, or of the no, one no, o'clock no, slate, uh, I mean. Of uh, the one o'clock slate, yes. The Monday night game is a good one. Have you looked at that? Oh, yeah. We'll get to that one. No, yeah. Sorry. I meant of the one o'clock slate. I was, I, yes, I, yes. I was, I, I was missing some words in my sentence there, but yeah. this is the, and like Buffalo Bills. Five years into this podcast, congratulations. Welcome to the marquee matchup. <laughs> like first, I guarantee you that's the first time the Bills have made the marquee matchup in, in our uh, illustrious five-year history on this podcast. Uh, so congratulations to them. Uh, next up, the Washington football teams are heading to Cleveland to take on the Browns. The Browns getting seven. Seven! I can't believe this. The Browns are getting seven coming off, uh, like kind of, sort of, scraping by a rookie quarterback at home. Um, ran the ball really well. They just couldn't stop the run. Some of that has to, had to do on the Thursday night matchup was just like <laughs> the Browns kept trying to milk the clock away, but then their <laughs> like running backs were just like, I, oh, uh, oh, okay, I guess I'll just go and score. <laughs> like, like Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb were like, all right, now to run into the line, and oh, nobody's there. I guess I'll just take this to the end zone. <laughs> and and, and uh, that was kind of the story of that game. Um, the Washington's not so great in week two. Uh, DVOA wise, they're middle of the pack though at 16 because that defense is that like that defensive line they get after the quarterback. Um, I can't believe that the Cleveland Browns have a line this high. I am taking the seven points with the football team, and they're definitely going to be one of my five this week. Uh, where are you on this one, Bill? Yeah, I'm not. I, I can't bet Cleveland. I, I like Cleveland to win this game. I think they're a better team, but I think you got to take the points here. Um, take Washington. Neither of these teams probably all year are going to deserve seven points. So take the points when you can get them. Uh, Craig, where are you on this one? Cleveland uh, giving seven at home. Uh, I, I feel the same way. I, I just Seven's too much. Now the Browns coming off 10 days off. They looked all right on Thursday, but... There's, uh, there's limits to how good you can look if you are up against the Bengals, I think. So, yeah, give me, uh, give me, give me the Washington team. 
Yeah, I, th- I think yeah. I think Chase Young just gets after Baker Mayfield all day, and he he gets inaccurate, and they get behind, and it kind of snowballs from there. I don't I don't think Washington will blow him out, but I I like Washington to actually win this game, quite frankly, and they're getting seven points, uh, which is crazy. Uh, next up, the Tennessee Titans head to Minnesota to face your boys, Bill, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Titans are getting three at home, or sorry, on the road. So your Vikings, a home dog. Um, your offense looked really, really bad in that game on the road against the Colts last week. Um, kind of a weird game. Couldn't really get anything going. The, um, defense was really good in the red zone. You did kind of a bend, don't break thing. It's just Kirk Cousins couldn't get anything going to actually steal the game. Uh, A lot of field goals in the red zone from, uh, from the Colts. And if you're a Colts fan, I think you might want to get used to that because they do not have a red zone weapon on their offense from what I think. If they're within, like, like what's the, that kicker they have, Rodrigo Blankenship, he might lead the league in, in field goals that are under 30 yards kicked because, like, once they get between the 10-yard line and the 20-yard line, they don't have that slot receiver or that big tight end or whatever that can kind of get open. So they kind of get stuck there. Um, small sample size so far, but I just I don't see someone emerging for them in that area. So they might have the Colts might be a team that has a tough time in the red zone this year. We'll, we'll unless they see. can, yeah, unless they can creatively throw it to that uh, that Taylor kid can catch the ball. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Love maybe something like because he's fast. Maybe something like a Sproles type because he was always good in the red zone. Uh, but you have to be really creative for that, and I don't know that the Colts are. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cousins not really that great a lot of what he did in week one was in garbage time against the Packers so who knows Titans couple of games so far that uh they probably should have won a little bit more handedly they're having trouble holding on to these leads obviously against your Broncos Craig the Broncos um probably should have won that game and uh yeah and and the Titans just I mean we can sit here and argue about the Titans kicker like missing four field goals or whatever um but yeah, the Broncos probably should have won that. And then the Titans all of a sudden needed a couple of first downs there when they were way ahead against the Jaguars. And then it was all of a sudden a three-point game. Uh, and they, they needed another field goal from old uh, Goskowski there uh, after we joked about keeping him around. Uh, that's going to bite the Titans in the ass, keeping Goskowski around at some point this week uh, or some point uh, in this season. Titans getting three, I think, is a little bit risky on the road, even though um, the Vikings having a little bit trouble with all of these uh, these rookies kind of getting up to speed. What say you on this one, Billy, with your boys getting three at home? Yeah, I, I still can't get a read on them. I'm, I'm staring, like, I'm looking at right now the, the Colts 28, Vikings 11, and I'm still just like, how? How is that a thing? <laughs> um because the offense was kind of like, okay, the offense will be fine. I figured there might be some woes in the defensive pass game. Um, but just the whole team looks bad. The whole team just is not playing well. So I'm not I'm not going anywhere near the Vikings, at, at least until they can prove they can play football. Uh, so I guess I take the Titans here. Uh, Vikings getting through at home. What would say you, Craig? Titans. Yeah. Uh, stay away from me. I understand. I've, uh, I understand yeah. home favor. I, I understand you say the the home dogs, but I think Tennessee's a little undervalued here, to be honest, just yeah. based on how the two have played so far. Yeah, and I mean we don't have enough of a sample size to know if with the no fans and stuff, if these like home home teams getting three is 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 even a matter right now, right? I need I need more 
research on this, so I got to be more sure, which is why I have this game as a stay away. Uh, this next game is definitely not a stay away for me, as we head to New England, where the Patriots coming off a another crazy game against the Seahawks that ended up uh, with a play at the one yard line deciding the game. Um, and covered the spread or not? Yeah, true. Yeah, because I, I I was two and three last week. They were four week. point favorites and they lost by five. Yep, I was I was two and three last week because I, I was on the Patriots, so obviously I was heavily invested in Cam. Um, I like that they I like that they were willing to run it with Cam. I just didn't like the play they called. That that was all. I just did, I didn't understand running him from the shotgun. I See, thought they should have just lined him up on her center and let him sneak it. He's so big and like whatnot, right? He, they they could have just done I the. They should have done. I thought they were going to do mm-hmm. as it was happening. Is I thought they were going to do one of those like you know uh, 2006 Florida Gator era plays where quarterback lines up in shotgun, mm-hmm. goes to the line of scrimmage like he's going to run it, just jumps up in the air and just quickly jump pops pass. it to uh, yeah the jump the the, the yeah. uh, made famous by Tim Tebow and Aaron Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know which one of those people I'd rather be right now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well played. Uh, well played. Oh, man, that show. That's a, that's a dark joke. Yeah. Uh, either way, uh, Tim Tebow and Aaron Hernandez type play where Cam kind of jumps with a lot of scrimmage mm-hmm. and just pops it to somebody, but that is uh, not what happened. Yeah, and it was weird because obviously Cam's right-handed and they, he he just immediately ran it to the left with his like right shoulder facing right towards her, so there was no option for him to even uh, bail into something like that. It was just he just ran right into the teeth of the defense. It was weird, but I, I liked it. I just I liked that they were willing to do that sort of thing. I just that particular play call left me a little cold, obviously, especially when I had money on the line <laughs> needing the Patriots to cover. Uh, but anyway, Patriots uh, they're facing the Raiders this week. Raiders coming off a bit coming off a big comeback victory against the uh, against the Saints at home in their first game. Uh, the Al Davis torch looming over everybody. Um, Patriots giving six at home. Uh, I am on the Patriots uh, huge this week. Love love the Patriots giving six. Can't believe. I uh, feel like I'm saving a couple points here. I have this. I, I have this game as like a seven and a half. Um, so I'm going to be on the Patriots, and they're probably going to be one of my five. What do you think, Craig? Uh, yeah, I uh, I think the Patriots is the is the way to go here. But you know what? Vegas looked okay the other night. Mm-hmm. I'd want to see a little bit closer to game time as far as what's like Brandon Jacobs missed a little bit of practice today. Darren Waller missed a little bit of practice today. So I'd want to see what that situation is before I, uh, before I really get into this. Uh, I suspect that the uh, line will adjust that if neither of those guys can play, but I like the, the Raiders offense and the defense was okay too. We'll talk about it a little bit more when we get to the saints. I suspect I know breeze looked very not good in this game. But uh, the defense, they had some guys who were flying around making plays. They don't have to do – this defense doesn't have to do a lot for them to be good. I kind of like what I've seen from the Raiders for the first couple weeks here. Yeah. Uh, what do you think on this one? Billy Raiders getting six on the road. I wish it was seven, but I, I like the points here. Um, I, I think the Raiders looked decent enough. And, and New England has not been gangbusters. Like, they – they're, they're New England. They don't try for the first half of the season. So <laughs> I think I like the Raiders here to, to at least cover. I, I think they could win this game if they play well. Yeah, I just don't see Belichick losing two games in a row. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think he I, – I just see, see a classic uh, Belichick win here. Speaking of Belichick, did you guys see his outfit at the press conference today? Yeah, he looked, he looked rough. What was the point of that? Was that like – is it is it that important to Bill Belichick that he 
makes it look like he does. Like, is it that important to him to make it seem like he doesn't care to do those sort of interviews that he shows up like that? Is that what the situation is? I would suspect that's the case. Because that's, man, that's some sort of, that's like sociopathic if, if that's honestly true. But And I think it is. I think it's very important to Bill Belichick that you know that he doesn't care. Yeah, this is beneath me. This is a waste of my time. Yeah, like it's very important to him that you know that. And it's like, mm, yeah, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, San Francisco 49ers, wow. Holy God. Um, in, in a week where it seemed like everybody lost somebody important, the Niners lost several guys who were important and Jimmy Garoppolo, although it, it, uh, there was talks that Jimmy was going to play, but I, I'm pretty sure Shanahan came out today and said that uh, that will not be that, the case. That's going to be what happens, yeah. Yeah, so we get Nick Mullins on the road against the Giants, uh, the Niners giving four on the road, uh, I think. Gentlemen, this is a situation where you have to hold your nose and take the New York Giants because Nick Mullins on the road giving points is just not the side I want to be on. Uh, what say you, Craig? Well, I'll say this about this football game. <laughs> Scott Hanson, do not show this game. Yeah, I got to – yeah. Um, Giants added Devontae Freeman, which, you know, after losing – I don't think it's relevant this week. No, not this week. Not, not for sure. I mean, he might – they might sprinkle him in a little bit, but this week, if you if – you, you know, if you – we're one of the people who picked up Devonte Freeman in the waiver wire. I'm no fantasy expert, but probably wouldn't start him this week. Maybe wait and see how that plays out. But uh, I, but I, I think that'll matter going forward. Uh, that the Giants got him anyway. Uh, Niners getting four uh, on the road. What say you, Craig? Uh, I'll take the Giants. Yeah. Just a classic hold your nose and take the Giants. Right? Yeah. Don't even like, look at the name. Just back look at the up quarterback. The Niners defensive line is in a real bad way. Just yeah. don't take the. Well, that's just it. If, it. if it was just Jimmy G gone, I'd, I'd still take the Niners here. I'd be comfortable. Yeah. Um, yep. But what, they lose two defensive tackles, Mostert? Like, yeah. Lost Bosa, lost Mostert. Sherman's not playing in this game. Uh, they lost, uh, they lost Solomon Thomas, who you mentioned the defensive tackle. So yeah, they're in a, a bad, bad spot here. Yeah. I'll say this though. This is the bet I think you should make. If the Niners win this game, uh, and go to two and one on the season, I would look at their odds to finish, uh, fourth in their division. Because at two and one, I imagine they'd be a little bit longer, and then I I would suspect that things are going to get ugly for the Niners real quick, real fast, and they they just might finish dead last in the in the division they got right now, which is a tough tough division. Um, yeah, you can't lose a guy like Nick Bosa for the season and not suffer. It just yeah. it, it, it can't be done. Rest of the schedule for the Niners after this. Oh geez, uh, home to Philadelphia, home to Miami, the next two. Mm. That's yeah. okay. I mean, if those you're gonna are have both, injuries, this, this is probably with the Niners as they're currently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then things get a little more tricky. Uh, home to the Rams at New England at Seattle. Home to Green Bay at New Orleans at the Rams. Home to Buffalo. Home to the Washington Football Team at the Cowboys at the Cardinals. Yeah. So yeah, it, it does get a little uglier. I mean, it's just. I don't like the the Niners. I don't like what I'm hearing at a Niners camp too. Like the complaining about the turf all way. I thought that that was like really. I thought that that was such a cop out. Was blaming all their injuries on the turf. I just think it was like really. I think that's. I think that's you know if they had lost the game and blamed the turf for that, that's one thing. Like, yeah. But they won three touchdowns. So, 
I don't know if it's a cop out. I think they're just you know, the, the 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 turf there has has a, a reputation of not being particularly good. So uh, is it the reason know. those guys got hurt? I don't know, but you know, I don't know, man. It's just the the, the Giants and and Jets play on it all. all played tons of games, obviously, on that turf, and and they don't complain about it and stuff. I I think it was just them. I thought it was just the Niners projecting because they realized that this season might end up being a loss because of one stupid game against the Jets on a, uh, on a you know, in week two where a bunch of guys tore ACLs. And this this is just a thing that, like, the ACL tears, for whatever reason, happen. I, well, actually, I think the reason is that people aren't amped up just yet. But, like, the ACL injuries, you know, knock on wood that we don't have any more, obviously, because I don't want these guys getting hurt and having careers ruined and stuff. But the ACL injuries tend to happen in the preseason, in, in normal years, tend to happen in the preseason and in the first month of the season. Because people just aren't up to speed, and you try to go from 0 to 110 against other professional football players, and you just end up hurting yourself. And it's just, unfortunately, the Niners were the super super unlucky team that this year that where it all clustered for them on one stupid Sunday against the Jets. Oh, but anyway, that's just my opinion. Uh, Billy Niners getting four against the Giants. What do you think? Giants. Yeah. Okay. So we're all kind of on the Giants. Uh, next up, the Cincinnati Bengals uh, and that just the, 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 the hype train that is Joe Burrow after that 61 pass performance last week. Oh, and two still though. But just a lot of fun to watch. Uh, they're heading to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Eagles dead last in DVOA. They are getting five and a half uh, against the Bengals. Uh, is this a spot maybe to pick Joe Burrow? What do you think there, Bill? Ooh. Um, yeah, I think I take Burrow here. Eagles haven't been impressive. I mean, Cincinnati has certainly not been impressive, but you give me six points in this game because I think this could go either way. Both team could out-suck the other one. Uh, Eagles getting five and a half against the Bengals. What do you think, Craig? Well, I want the Bengals really badly. I, I, that this that's this is one of my five. I think the Bengals are uh, are the bet here. Ten days, ten days rest coming in. The Eagles are a mess right now, health wise. Things aren't getting any better. Uh, Jalen Rieger went on uh, IR today, which yeah, it doesn't mean what it usually means. Right? Yeah, it doesn't mean what it usually means. Like he's, he, you can come back in three weeks, but he ain't playing this week. That much we know. So uh, they're once again uh, have some uh, having some skill position issues. Uh, I would like to have the Bengals in this game, please. The I, what do you guys think of this new COVID IR with that with the fact that they can slap guys onto the IR and they they can only go and they can go away for three weeks. I'm a fan. I, I like. I like it too, and I I think they should just keep this going forward. Quite frankly, I don't I don't know if it messes up the system in like a non-COVID year or something like that. But here's it, the one thing we'll do is they're gonna have like and, and the owners don't like this. Uh, the top 52 uh, players on your roster, so what counts for the salary cap is gonna stay about the same. However, what you actually have to pay out in real cash, you're gonna for every guy you uh, put on IR and come back, you're just gonna have more game checks to give out. So it's gonna wind up being slightly more expensive every week. If I like th- th- this is you know pennies to NFL ownership, but these yeah. guys got yeah. where they are by counting pennies. So I would suspect that's gonna be part of uh, uh, the conversation. This goes into the CBA, but the Players Association uh, they should be all over this. They they should think this is a great idea. Yeah, I'm, uh, you don't get rich by writing a lot of checks, right? Uh, I, the only, the only hesitation I have, um, with this one, cause I think I agree with you guys. The one hesitation I have is I know the public is going to be on the Bengals this week, right? 
Joe Burrow, 10 days rest, getting five and a half, was slinging it on Thursday night, quite frankly, against a really crappy uh, Browns team who I'm fading this week, even though they're on 10 days rest. And the Eagles, everything you mentioned, Craig, uh, kind of blew it against the Rams, although, I mean, if, if uh, Wentz didn't have that pick, uh, it, like Wentz was there driving to, to have them go up by like six or seven, they probably would have went for the two-point conversion because they were down one at the time, I believe, if memory serves me right. But either way, they were driving, and then the red zone pick, and then it, it got away from the uh, from the Eagles from that point on. But I just know that the public is going to be on this Bengals team because it just looks so perfect, right? Just this this hype train phenom that is Joe Burrow, who's looked great. But I mean, the Bengals are still 0-2, and their defense can't stop anybody. And the Eagles, like 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 Kareem Hunt and and Nick Chubb, both had career days. You know, you expect Miles Sanders to have a good day too for the Eagles. It's just I I I don't. I, I have my guard up with this one, uh, with, with with the Bengals spot, just looking a little, quite frankly, a little too good to be true uh, for Matt Pierce. So I just, I'm, I'm just warning everybody to just beware of the Bengals this week. Um, Houston Texans heading to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers in what is normally a pretty juicy matchup. Uh, Steelers giving four at home against a Houston team that's uh, reeling a little bit, but they've been uh, they've been in this situation before where they've been zero and three. Further than that, the schedule gods really got after these guys. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, All right, we here's, say, here's here's Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson start your season. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. So twenty two in DVOA, and then you get this Steelers defense, which is just flying around all over the place. Um, now that said, Steelers have looked good, but you know. They were down a little bit there against uh, the Giants in week one. And, you know, your Broncos were right there, Craig. They could have stolen that game with uh, with, with, with the backup quarterback. With, with Jeff Driscoll, no less. Yeah, with uh, Jeff Driscoll, who still sounds like a 90210 character. It's, it's definitely somebody that, like, uh, Brenda would have dated in, like, season two, right? Like, <laughs> Jeff Driscoll. Uh, Houston <laughs> Texans. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, Craig, you got a good look at the Steelers last week. How do you think about them getting uh, getting four against the Texans? Um, I am. Uh, I think that the defense is really good. I think Denver lucked out a couple of times on de- on the defense. Um, the, I think the defense might be the best one in the league, even with what they're able to do against the Broncos. Um. Now, as for um, as for what's going on with the, the the Texans, I just think they've, like I said, the, the, the schedule gods have really got after them. Um, so I think they're better than what they've shown, but maybe still not particularly great. So I'm going to take Pittsburgh in this game. If I have to take someone, I'm not feeling good about it, and I don't think this is going to be a game where I spend a whole lot of money, is what I will say. Yeah. The- yeah. Um, how do you feel on this one, Billy? Steelers getting four? I like the Texans. Yeah. Okay. I, I think when you open up your season with two of the hardest games you're ever going to play, and Pittsburgh opened up with two soft games. Um, I know Houston didn't look that great, and they didn't. They lost by a healthy margin. Um, but they could easily be a good team, and we wouldn't quite know it yet because they played great teams. Um I think Houston's pretty good on paper, so I like them to have a bounce-back game here and, and win this one decisively. If they can get this one, things get a little bit easier for for 
the, the Texans here. So if they, if they can swipe this one from the Steelers and go one and two, having faced the two best teams in the league or, per, you know, perceive, perceivably the two best teams in the league in, in weeks one and two, you know, then they get Minnesota and Jacksonville at home. Then they go to Tennessee, which is tougher. Green Bay at home, a little bit tougher. But then at Jacksonville, at Cleveland, New England at home, tough matchup. At Detroit, though, then they get the Colts. Then they get Chicago. Then they get the Colts again. Then Cincinnati, and, and they end the season with Tennessee. So, like, if, if they can swipe this one, I, I think better times are ahead for the for, for the Houston Texans. Uh, marquee matchup, as we mentioned. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. For sure, uh, Rams are the uh, Rams are the uh, Rams Bills is the marquee matchup of the one o'clock yeah. late. Four o'clock, the Jets versus the Colts. The Colts getting ten and a half. This opened up at ten, so obviously there's been enough action on the Colts that they've pushed it uh, an extra half point. Um. Normally, I would say that the Colts didn't look good enough or have not looked good enough on offense that they should be giving this many points against anybody. Uh, I mentioned earlier, though, that they're, that they're not too great in the red zone. Um, and you, you want a team that's good in the red zone when you're giving this many points. I, like, I, I just I have my questions about them in the red zone. But, my God, the, the, the Jets is currently constituted are... I mean, that third and 33 where they gave up a 57 yard run on an off tackle cut back to the left i like that was that's that that's the worst defensive play i've seen in years i that i i I would struggle to to think of a worse one than that like the, the only thing i could think of off the top of my head you remember when joe flacco uh in a, the, the Ravens were facing the Chargers, and Joe Flacco threw a like check down to Ray oh, Rice. Screened Ray yes. Rice, and he got thirty yards on. That was fourth and thirty or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you remember that? That was the closest thing in my head that, and and like that one was even, and like I would say the Ray Rice one was even worse because the game was on the line on like with like two minutes left in the fourth quarter or something like that. But, and I mean, Ray Rice like, made some nice moves in that one too. Like yeah, but yeah, because the Chargers at least were like. Okay, there's the check down. Now, we got one guy to tackle. Oh, Ray Rice missed him. Okay, we got a second guy there. Oh, Ray Rice made this guy miss. Okay, this third guy surely will get Ray Oh, Ray Rice made the third guy miss, right? Like, it, like the Chargers at least had guys that were in the right position on that play. It's just <laughs> Ray Rice uh, made, made an un- – this thing was like that, – that, the, 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 it wasn't Raheem Mostert because he was out. I don't even remember who it was for the Niners that was untouched on a cutback sweep. <laughs> like, it was just like, what is happening? Uh, and like, the opening play, Mostert goes eight. Like, Mostert had enough fantasy points on two plays in that game that you didn't care he missed three quarters if you started him, right? Like, it did not hurt your fantasy week if you started Reem Mostert, and he got injured halfway through the first quarter. <laughs> it's like, my God in heaven. Uh, Colts getting ten and a half. What do you think, Bill? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not going 10 and a half with the Colts. I, I'll take the points here. Um, and hopefully I don't watch any of this game cause I have no interest in this one. Uh, what do you feel about this one, Craig Colts getting 10 and a half against the jets? This was the one o'clock game. Uh, <laughs> I want... well played. You want the points? I want the Colts. Yeah. No, I want the Colts. Oh, you the I, I know I know it's ten and a half, but I don't care. Mm. I just think the Jets are that terrible. Yeah, they. <clears throat> I think 
like Jonathan Taylor having like a 178 yard game is not out of the question. Here. No, yeah, this it, again, if you got Taylor in the fantasy league, this will probably be his big breakout game. I would like it, it's all pointing there to be his big breakout game. I mean, my God. So ugly. Uh, next up, the Carolina Panthers are heading to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers and their brand spanking new Justin Herbert. Unfortunately, the way Justin Herbert got into the game, I initially, I think I texted you guys and said, oh, Herbert's starting this game. What such trickery? I, I just I just thought it was, I just thought it was, um, oh, God, the, the Colts uh, or the Chargers coaches, uh, his name has escaped my dome piece right now. Uh, Chargers coach, you guys. Chargers coach is Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn, thank you. Anthony Lynn, I thought it was just he's like, hey, why don't I do this at, right before game time? What if I do this at home against the Chargers five minutes before game time? What if I put in my rookie quarterback who I've been, like, secretly playing all, all week or whatever? Um, turns out that was not the case. Because, no, it was a much, much more awful reason. Yes, ty, like that Tyrod Taylor thing where apparently a some quack doctor apparently punctured his lung trying to administer painkillers to his goddamn sternum like what yeah. the hell jesus in like the and NFL, something man, that's gross ex nfl player pointed out on the cb uh, in uh, on twitter and i forget who it was and i i wish that i remember it off the top of my head but pointed out hey if it says right in the cba if you accept medical care from the team you can't sue them that is in the cba which of course it does. yeah for, yeah, well, of course it's in the CBA. What else would it be? So, yeah, that's the uh, that's the situation there. But this not was, good. Th- this was so gross. Like this was this was like something out of a movie. This is like John Voight and Varsity Blues coach Kilmer, right, trying to jam needles into uh, that that running back with torn ACL, and then like Vanderbeek and and Paul Walker have to be like, no, you're not doing that, right? We'll walk off this field if you stick that needle in his leg and stuff, right? And oh my God, or or friggin' James Woods in in any given Sunday where he's like the you know the the gross doctor that's just doing whatever the, you know is like like the team is like you know hey doc just make sure you do whatever for the team it's just God it's just you know this stuff goes Luckily, on in real James life. Woods personal reputation has been completely oh dear uh, <laughs> unbelievable unbelievable yeah uh, but no he's, you're you're right he's Hades it's, man it's, he was Hades yeah. <laughs> now he supports Hades uh, uh, yeah it's uh, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It's yeah. just knowing. I mean, you knew look, this stuff. It just makes the league look terrible. It yeah. makes everybody look terrible. But it's like just standard NFL stuff. Yeah, but it's just you knew this stuff went on real life. But to have that not only confirmed, but confirmed in such a gross and sadistic manner, it, it's just it's one of those things where I'm like. I literally, like, I read that Schefter tweet this morning, and I, and I, I had that existential crisis with myself, where I'm like, why do I enjoy watching this league so much? It's just like, God, it's so gross. Uh, anyway, moving off that dark note, the Chargers are getting seven uh, against the Panthers. Um, I feel about this. Um, I mean, I, I, obviously it's probably going to be Justin Herbert, despite the fact that uh, Anthony Lynn said that Tyrod Taylor hasn't lost his starting gig. I chalked that up to coach speak initially, and again, that was before the Schefter tweet about the gross uh, sternum stabbing. Um, I just chalked that up to coach speak, being like, oh, well, I, I can't just say that my guy lost his job because he got hurt, even though my rookie phenom looks pretty good, because you just don't want to look like an asshole, right? Um, right. which, you know, mission unaccomplished again with said sternum stabbing. But um, I think 
that uh, people are paying a little too much attention to this McCaffrey injury, and I feel the same way about the Chargers getting uh, this many points as I do about the Browns. I think this is a spot to take the Panthers because, quite frankly, I think with Mike Davis, the Chargers aren't going to lose too much in terms of what they want to do on on offense, and um, I don't think the Chargers are ready to be laying seven against anybody. So uh, give me the give me the Charger, give me the Panthers' uh, dynamic offense getting seven uh, against uh, what I perceive to be a, a weak Chargers team. Uh, how do you feel about this one, Craig? Uh, yeah, I feel the uh, the same way you do. Uh, I want the uh, I want the Panthers. I think the offense is all right, even without McCaffrey. I think we're going to see a little more Teddy, a little more uh, stuff over the middle, the more which uh, they were pretty successful with in uh, a few different spots last week. Uh, yeah, give me uh, give me the Panthers. Chargers getting seven at but home against the Panthers. What I will oh. say is uh, the Panthers. Before we wrap up here, the Chargers ceiling. I think is like Herbert looked good. Yes, against very Kansas good. City. You look like for a guy who found out he was starting his first NFL game about six minutes before kickoff, he looked really good. Yeah. I think, and I'm not, I, I was not a Justin Herbert believer coming out of Oregon, but neither, game yeah. one against the good team, you look good. Yeah. I, I and I kind of like, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just me, but I, I'm a little bit weirder, but I, if I was Justin Herbert, well, let's say, let's say I had Matt Pierce's brain and Justin Herbert's body that has the ability to get to the NFL. Um, <laughs> I, I would want to be the guy. I would want to. That's how I would want to be told my first game is starting, right? Yeah. That way I can't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, you, you know what? You're I'd, like, okay, yeah, you got to get out there now, actually. I'd be like, all right, fuck it. Like, I, I would just get that adrenaline rush and go do it, and I wouldn't think too much. Just instinct first, and then, you know, later I'll, like, for my first game, just run on run on instincts and adrenaline as opposed to that. Again, that's just me. Maybe Justin Herbert's wired the same way a little bit. Um, rather than being like, okay, you're starting against the Chiefs. You know, they tell me that on Wednesday, and I'm going to be like four days. And be like, fuck! I got the Chiefs, and I'm gonna just oh, just overthink it. Uh, I think too much. And if you're thinking, oh right? man, I'm against Mahomes at the score every time. Yeah, like, right. I, I would just, I would just overthink it. Uh, where are you on this one, Bill? With the Chargers getting seven? Yeah, I like the Panthers here. I think you can move the ball quickly on the on the Panthers, but I don't think a, a young quarterback like that is gonna come in there and start gunslinging, right? Like you're gonna be pretty pretty conservative here. So I'll I'll take the points with the Panthers. Uh, if you're a Keenan Allen fantasy owner, uh, while he's still on the field, right before he busts his knee again, uh, his uh, value is certainly significantly increased with uh, Herbert under up. center. <laughs> hey, I don't make the rules. I just <laughs> I just memorize and enforce them. Um, yeah, I I, I, I like the, the, the Panthers in this spot. Um, Next up, my beloved Detroit Lions are heading to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. The Cardinals laying six. Oh, my God, bet money on the Cardinals. This should be seven, seven and a half. I can't believe it's not. Uh, I can't believe it's not seven. I don't like to do this, but uh, I, I pick my spots when I do this. But the card, I'm the Cardinals are going to be one of my five. Good Lord, they should be giving way more than this. I, uh, I would, I, I would, Kyler Murray looks would, like a super. Star. And I like, would like to point out with Kyler Murray, Craig, that his MVP odds are still 15 to 1 on some websites. Most websites have him at 13 to 1, but he's ranging between 13 and 15 to 1 right now. What's and... the, uh, Seattle at for the MVP odds because it feels like <laughs> feels like it might be his year. Yeah, it might, it might be Russell Wilson's year, although I think um, we'll get to the Monday night game a little bit later, I think. Because you know how it is. NFL is a week-to-week league. The, uh, the the MVP changes from week-to-week based on, on how you you know you do. Um, there's, I, I'm fairly certain when we come back on the podcast next week, the MVP talk is going to be uh, ooh, the quarterback of whatever team wins the Chiefs-Ravens game. Um, yeah, 
That's a, that's a good bet. Is what I will say, just based on the fact that all eyeballs will be on that game. Uh, Cardinals getting six at home against the Detroit Lions. What do you think, Billy? Cardinals, they look beast this year. The Lions aren't too impressive. My apologies. No, they're awful. Um, I, I think you got to go with the Cardinals here, and they prove they can do it on uh, both sides of the ball. So. Lions can't stop anybody. DeAndre Hopkins is going to have another beastly game. The Cardinals receivers uh, historically torched the Detroit Lions. Um, the Lions are getting Kenny Galladay back, which should help, but I, I, not enough for me. I, I, I think they're behind this entire game. Uh, this game ended in a tie last year in week one. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So so weird. Never should have. Lions should have won that game, but again, uh, they got Patricia. Um, you keep Patricia for the rest of the year to ensure that you get the first overall pick. Um, you draft Trevor Lawrence and you trade Matt Stafford to the San Francisco 49ers in the off seasons. Uh, so uh, we're, I'm going to mention this every week, but San Francisco, stop fucking around with Jimmy Garoppolo. This season's going to be shit for you. Get a blue chipper with whatever high draft pick you get and then trade for Matt Stafford. Cause, uh, you, just stop fucking around with Jimmy Garoppolo. You, you've seen right now it can all slip away in one goddamn Sunday. So quit fucking around with Jimmy Garoppolo. Go get Matt Stafford. Uh, how do you feel about this one? Craig Cardinals getting six. Or giving six. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to take the Cardinals. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, easy no-brainer for me. Uh, next up, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are heading to Denver to take on your boys, Craig. Uh, the Denver Broncos, who unfortunately went to the Blake Bortles job like so many teams have contemplated in their darkest hour. Uh, but, uh, un- unfortunately, uh, I, like you're not starting Blake Bortles this week. I would assume it's gotta be, uh, Jeff Driscoll, the aforementioned 90210 cast member. Um, Buccaneers giving six and a half on the road. Um, Bucks looked a little bit better, but six and a half is too much to be giving on the road against the Denver Broncos with a team that looks like they're still a couple weeks away from figuring it out. So even though Jeff Driscoll is starting and there's no Cortland Sutton and everything looks like the Broncos are just going to completely fall apart and be uh, uh, not just have, just looks like the season from hell for your Denver Broncos. Sorry, Craig, but I think we're in the throes of it. Uh, I still like the Broncos getting points here because uh, in, in, we've seen it happen before where people go to Denver when it looks like Denver's just in a bad spot and they just lay an egg. So uh, uh, your Broncos getting six and a half at home. What do you think? This. Uh, there are, as you know, 32 NFL franchises. Mm-hmm. 32 of them. If you combine regular season and playoffs, Tom Brady has a winning record against 30 of them. He does not. He's not played the New England Patriots before, obviously. Yep. The one franchise that he has a losing record against would be the Denver Broncos. Yep. He is eight and nine all time against the Denver Broncos. <laughs> really like that to get to eight and ten. Uh, <laughs> I just I want I want to keep that particular distinction. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen though. The team's just too banged up this week, and I think that the uh, I think the Buccaneers are going to win. But I think it's going to be a day where, where there's going to be a lot of Leonard Fournette. I think that's how the Buccaneers win this game. Yeah, might be true. They might. Yeah, it might be a lot of uh, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette as a tank. And it seems like it's going to be a, a lot more Fournette um, after that. Uh, what say you on this one, Billy? Uh, Buccaneers giving six and a half on the road. You know what? I, I've watched a good amount of the Buccaneers, and I'm going. I'm going full Mulder on it. I want to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they have the talent and all the pieces in place where they could be quite good. The defense, eh, I'm still not so sure on. 
But honestly, it, I don't think Denver's going to be able to stop them. So I, I'm willing to lay the points with Tampa Bay this time around. Okay. Uh, last game of the 4 o'clock slate. Should be a lot of fun. Um, would have been a little bit more fun if the Cowboys were 0-2 and had got blown out by the, <laughs> by the Falcons uh, and, and were just, uh, you know, like, it, it just... If they'd have lost that game to the Falcons at home, and especially in the fashion that they were doing in the first half of that game, it would have been uh, – the, the hot takes coming out of Cowboy Nation would have been pretty hilarious. Uh, Seattle Seahawks coming off a, a pretty uh, tough victory against the uh, against the Patriots. Seahawks giving five at home against the Cowboys. Uh, how do you feel about this one, Bill? I think it's going to be a good – yeah, I think I take the points here. I, I could see this being close. I don't think Seattle's going to be able to blow Dallas up. Um, Dallas has had some pretty rough quarters uh, this year, but they managed to pull it together by the end. So I like the idea of taking Dallas here. You might find a sneaky backdoor cover, something like that. But uh, but I'll take Dallas in the points. Uh, Cowboys getting five on the road. What do you think, Craig? Uh, Cowboys. Hmm. I understand. I, 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 I don't feel great about it. I understand that they're banged up, and that's one of the reasons why things got as ugly as they did uh, this past weekend. But I just think that they're going to be on a bit of an upswing. I think five is too many. I'll take the Cowboys. I know that Wilson looks fantastic. I'll take the Cowboys. 55 and a half is the over-under here, which yep. might be a little strong, to be honest. But uh, that's something I, I would maybe look at the under on. But that's not as fun to bet. But this is a fun game. I'll, I'll take the Cowboys, though. Mm, yeah, like Russell is just slinging it right now. Man, can the, can the Cowboys secondary uh, wrap down those receivers is, is what we've got. And I think the Seattle seven mm-hmm. is going to have a real difficulty doing anything to Dak Prescott. Cam yeah. on Sunday night. He could have read a book back there. Yeah. Like, there's nothing going on. He had to look for open guys. But especially in the second half, there was nothing going on. The lack of Seattle pass rush is a problem. Yeah, and you figure that that Cowboys rush, or that Cowboys front seven will probably be able to get a little push. So, it, you know, you might be able to really control the game with uh, with, with Zeke and Pollard uh, in yeah. the backfield there. So, uh it should be a fun just, game. I'm interesting to see Seattle, how Seattle is going to have a hard time getting to the quarterback all season, and yeah. that is going to be the problem with this team. That is going to be the issue is the other team's quarterback has a ton of time, and most NFL quarterbacks, if they have a ton of time, if they have a clean pocket, they will pick you apart eventually, mm-hmm. which is yeah. exactly what Newton did on Sunday night, and they were a yard away from losing that game. Uh, I think that Dak Prescott will have even more success because – um, Dak Prescott uh, has has better pass catchers than Cam Newton does. Yeah. I think that much is uh, very, very clear. And that's another thing we forgot to mention when we were talking about the Patriots-Seahawks game is Bill Belichick once again late in a game with the uh, – <laughs> late in a game, effed up not using his timeout, and then randomly got away with it. And then, of course, everybody, all the potato faces got to say, well, Bilicek just knows. He's just playing four-dimensional chess. And it's like, no, he got lucky yet again. Somebody got tackled on the one, and he stupidly didn't use his timeout earlier. And it, it just ended up working out for him. It, it was just, it, like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not willing to believe that 
Belichick is some sort of foreseer. Like <laughs> he got he got lucky with that with that goddamn uh, keeping that timeout in his back pocket, and, and he got away with it. Um, murky matchup easily Cowboys Seahawks uh, at the four o'clock slate, right? Yep. Yep. Not even close. Uh, next up, the Sunday nighter. The New Orleans Saints are heading into Green Bay to take on. Or sorry, the Saints are taking on the Packers, but is in New Orleans. That was my bad. Um, this game before the Monday nighter was at Packers my or plus four, um, and a lot of people were on the Packers at the plus four before the Saints even kicked off on Monday night. And after Monday night, of course, they immediately moved this game down to the Saints getting the three point bump. Um, Drew Brees is not moving the ball downfield. Now, much like we came on this uh, podcast last after week one, and I said I don't give a crap about, like I'm not I'm not making any judgments on Brady and the Buccaneers until mid-November. I feel the same way about Drew Brees and the Saints, especially because they didn't uh, happen to have uh, Mike Thomas last game, and they're really missing Mike Thomas um, to get open quickly in the back half of that game. So I'm reserving judgment on the two 42-year-old quarterbacks until mid-November before I start uh, making any sort of uh, judgments on these guys. But I will say I am more apt to believing that Drew Brees is cooked than I am to believing that Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are just going to suck. That's 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 where I'm that's where I'm sitting right now. I guys. think that if, if it hasn't happened already, mm-hmm. there's going to be a conversation in New Orleans. About, are we better off with Jameis? They'll never, ever do it. They'll no. never, ever do it. But that conversation is going to happen, and here's why I think it might. Is there was a, it was a play in the fourth quarter last night. The Saints were driving, and I think it was a third down. And, and Breeze had Josh Hill wide open. Wide open on an out route. Mm-hmm. Wide open. Missed him by four feet. Yeah. And you're going to have, if you're going to not play Jameis, the reason you're not playing Jameis is, well, we don't want he, we don't want people missing intermediate throws by four feet. If Drew Brees is going to be missing those same intermediate throws by four feet, shouldn't you at least have Jameis's cannon arm in there? Yeah. I, I Again, they'll never do it. and um, They will never bench a healthy Drew Brees ever, 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 ever. But if Drew's going to be missing the easy throws, which is obviously the criticism of Jameis, plus the... Uh, he also had he threw interceptions from time to time. I don't know if you heard about that. <laughs> but uh, thirty for thirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has done that. Uh, if, if you're going to be missing those intermediate throws, like what's what's like that's Drew Bre- that Drew Brees has survived on those, and if he can't make those anymore, he will not be an effective quarterback. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. But like I said, I I don't think we can. We gotta wait. We, everybody's still ramping it up. Brees had a shoulder injury last year and stuff, so we 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 we've just got to wait and see. But the other, the flip side of that coin, and you saw this in um, Denver with Peyton Manning, Craig. Yep. When the Hall of Fame quarterbacks lose it, they lose it like it that. Goes, it goes fast. Like it's just it's gone. Because here's the thing, and this is my theory and why that is, and this might happen to Tom Brady. For a lot of these guys, for, for, for Peyton Manning, for Drew Brees, for Tom Brady, they're, of course, surviving somewhat on, of course, physical skill, but mostly on brain. And mostly on, I know what you're doing. I know what's happening here. This is how we're going to do this. This is how your defense is going to work. And knowing the playbook and things like that. But when that physical skill part erodes to a certain point, it doesn't matter how smart you are. 
You know, and that's why I think it goes so quick with those guys. They've been surviving on brain for so long, but only need this much physical skill to get by. Uh, when it gets below a certain level, there's just nothing in the tank. It doesn't matter how smart you are. When the Broncos won the Super Bowl, uh, one of the reasons why their offense was effective, it wasn't incredibly effective, but effective enough in those playoff runs, was Manning audibling to different runs at the line of scrimmage, knowing full well, okay, we're just going to audible into different runs. And that's the plan here, because I'm not going to be able to beat these guys over the top, because I can't do that anymore. So I'm going to look at the defense and figure out, okay, this is which we, this is where we should run it. That's how they won the Super Bowl. Uh, those options, I think, could be available to the Saints and, uh, and, and Buccaneers, depending on how things go. But I, I don't know if either of those guys are washed, but it sure as hell does look like it. Jesus, it ever looked like it. Bill, you saw it even before the Peyton Manning thing because you you saw Brett Favre in the in the uh, the back half of his career. Like he had arguably the best season of his entire career that first yep. year in Minnesota as a forty year old quarterback, and then the year after that, it was just like Jesus, it's gone. Yeah, right? like yeah. And he was banged yeah. up and in and out lineup just like Manning his last year in Denver. Yeah, same deal. It just with these Hall of Fame guys, it it just goes. Um, Saints giving three against this Packers team that uh, despite. Uh, playing two pretty mediocre teams uh, looks pretty like like Aaron Rodgers is fired up again. I'm gonna say the same thing with Aaron Rodgers that I do that I mentioned with Priest and like let's see if he's still doing this in November, especially with Devontae Adams out. Uh, Saints getting three at home. What do you think, Bill? I, I think I gotta go with the Packers here. Um, people have put a lot of eyes on Drew Brees not performing that well, but like Derek Carr and Darren Waller shouldn't be torching you either. Um, the defense didn't look good. Um, and, and if, if Breeze is going to miss throws and the defense doesn't have it together, I'm going to take Green Bay all day here. Uh, Packers getting three on the road. What say you, Craig? Uh, I'm going to take the Packers as well. Yeah, I think so too. But uh, I, I think there's some better spots, so uh, kind of a stay away from me. Uh, the Monday Nighter, boys. Woo! <laughs> some fun stuff. Someone finally loves, uh, said they loved me to the ESPN crew. Uh, my God in heaven. The Kansas City Chiefs head to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. The Ravens are getting three and a half. Um, Baltimore, obviously, number one in DVOA. Tampa or Kansas City um, is 10th in DVOA, but, uh, you know, that won't last for very long. A lot of that has to do with they looked a little bit weak in the first half against the uh, against the Chargers. Um, some weird circumstances in that game, obviously. They were uh, uh, they were on the road, right? That wasn't in Kansas City. Um, That's it. Uh, yeah, though, yeah. That, that game was in Los Angeles. Yeah, it was in La- first off, it was in Los Angeles. Uh, they didn't know they were getting Justin Herbert until two until right before kickoff. And uh, quite frankly, a little bit of a look-ahead game for the Kansas City Chiefs, maybe? I don't know. Um, The Chiefs heading to Baltimore. Uh, What should be uh, not only the game of the week, but the game of the year. Uh, Yeah, just just great stuff. Two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks just slinging it. The past two MVPs. I mentioned earlier that whoever wins this game, uh, the quarterback of which will likely be the MVP favorite for the uh, for the for the next week. Anyway, um, man, just just a fun football game. A football game so fun. I don't even think I need to gamble on it. Just kick back and watch this one. Uh, Chiefs versus Ravens, three and a half for the Ravens. What do you think, Billy? I like the Ravens here. Um, I, I, 
think they're a better team, and, and you add to being in, at home, uh, I'm not terribly worried about the points. I like them to be able to uh, get the edge on KC here. The weakest unit we've seen in the short two-game sample size that we have uh, from any of these uh, teams is the Chiefs' defense so far. It's been a little, little civvy, but uh, again, that's two weeks into a season. Plenty of time for them to get going. God, it just should be a fun football game. Ravens getting three and a half. What do you think, Craig? Yeah, I uh, I, I want the Chiefs. I think you're getting an extra half point. This should be three. Mm-hmm. And, and you're getting point. Maybe it might be as simple as you're getting um, points with Patrick Mahomes, right? And we saw what he can do in the game last week. They didn't really have – like he was he didn't have his – and this is when the teams are really good, right? Like this, this is when you know you've got a really good team. The Chiefs didn't have their best stuff on the road – slow going but at the end when they were driving you're like yeah they're gonna win this game right and then the anthony lynn um the worst decision of the week unfortunately was anthony lynn um punting on fourth and one with his with his rookie uh quarterback in the overtime um that that's just something you don't do especially if you're if if you're a i mean what have you got to lose in that spot to go for it i mean that was terrible Right? It was like, it, it was the worst decision of the week I thought. Yeah, because this it, here's here's what happens. You have to be thinking to yourself: if Patrick Mahomes touches the ball again, we will lose. Yeah, and they only needed a field so, goal. Yeah, exactly. So go for it. The worst thing that can happen to you is Mahomes has a slightly shorter field that he will beat you on anyway. It's the uh, the, the the not as amplified decision is remember when. The, the Patriots went for it on fourth and two, like on their own 30, when they were trying to ice a game against the Colts. It was a regular season game. I want to say it was oh uh, nine. They're trying to ice it against the Colts. They went for it fourth and two on their own 30. And everyone's like, what are you doing? You gave... But the, the, re- the reality was Manning was just like, he, like, he was basically like NBA jam. It's on fire. There was smoke coming out of the ball as he was throwing it. Yeah. Uh, uh, so Belichick's thought process was, if Peyton Manning touches the football again, we're not going to win. Yeah. So, so I, going forward on fourth and two. Yeah, let me try to win this right here, right now. Like, for, exactly. Forget it. If, and, if, and, if we punt this ball, we lose, so let's try to not punt. Yeah, and and obviously that's one of the most questioned decisions in the history of the game. I probably would have done the same. It's just because we have enough analytics and stuff now to suggest that Bill Belichick should have – that's precisely the move he should have done. He just didn't get it. It's just they probably should have called a better play um, is all that was. But – I mean, we, we just there. I, I don't think even like the seasoned old school guys. I don't think we're like, yeah, you should punt this ball on fourth and one here with your rookie quarterback and, and give the ball to Patrick Mahomes with a short field, only needing 30. And then Harrison Butker. I mean, I do a lot of ragging on kickers in this podcast and rightfully so. But man, like he drilled three 55 yard field yeah. goals in a row or whatever in order to win that game. And like not, not one of them was even close to missing. Right. And he had to make that kick three times. Cause there's the penalty when he made it. And then there was the ice when he made it. And then the game winner when he actually made it. So good. Like, you know, credit where credit's due, but like, man, yeah, that, that was the worst. Decision. Like, so maybe this game is just as simple as you're, you're getting three and a half points with, with Patrick Mahomes, and how often are we going to see that for the rest of our lives, right? Yeah. 
I think I think I, I just think this line should be three. It should be Baltimore by three. That should be yeah. the line. And the you're getting the line. extra half point. You're getting the hook. Craig is what's yeah. happening. So yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, I think I agree with you. I think I'd be on the Chiefs, but uh, there's better spots this week. Um, so that's it for week three. All that's left to do is to do our glorious, uh, glorious picks. Billy Boy, you won week two, so why don't you go ahead and kick us off in week three? All right, let's see what I got. Open her back up here. All right, so I am going to go with Houston. I like them. I'm going with Baltimore because that game's going to be fun enough. I'm going to make it more fun. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Las Vegas. I think they're the real deal, people. This is the, officially the first time I have written LV into my sheet in the five years of this podcast. So that's a historic moment. <laughs> All right, and then I'm going to go with Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And I will be a believer in the Buccaneers and take the Bucks. Ooh, laying heavy wood on the road is Bill. Uh, Craig Needles, who you got? Yeah, let's do... Uh, I'm going to take the uh, Titans. I will be taking the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll be taking the Carolina Panthers, Arizona Cardinals, and Green Bay Packers. All right. I, oh, no, Green Bay plus three. All right. I am going to, I'm going to fade Billy on one. I'm giving New England minus the six. Um, I'm taking the, I'm taking the New York Giants. I'm holding my, I'm holding my nose and I'm, I'm just going to trust that Nick Mullins won't get it done on the road. Uh, I'm with you, Craig. I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals minus the six. I'm with you taking the Carolina Panthers plus the seven and I'm taking the Washington football team. Uh, give me the seven, uh, lines just too high for me against the Browns. So an absolute hold your nose week for Matt Pierce as I'm taking the points with the Giants, the football team and the Panthers. Um, that is it for week three crossover podcast. available will be crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossover podcast and soundcloud.com slash crossover podcast. We're on iTunes. Please rate, subscribe five stars only. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the crossover podcast. We're also on Google play, Spotify and Stitcher. Uh, so, uh, please review us there and pump up our numbers on those particular platforms. Uh, we are going to be back next week uh, dissecting week three and uh, gambling on week four. Um, I think that'll be it. So the next time you see us will be around Wednesday night, Thursday morning uh, for this podcast, as is been tradition so far on this podcast. Uh, Craig Needles and Bill Needles, as always, uh, just uh, fun as hell time doing this with you guys and can't wait to talk to you guys next week.